Got one big thing here now to cover. Mrs. Amit News got a few things to talk to us about. I have been asked to give a little history of CUC. Let me tell you, 2014 is a significant year for this class. Who knows why George and Sue don't say anything? I know you know. Who knows why this is significant? Betty? 100th anniversary. Close. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Betty? Because it's our 10th anniversary in here. That's close. This year, CUC is 40 years old. 40 years. The class was formed in 1974 by 8, 10, or 12 people. I'm really not sure. Who knows the charter members who still are with us today? The Waits? No, not the Adcock. Petersons. Sue and George and Pat and Ron are the only people remaining from that original class 40 years ago. I know you've been told this. I want to remind you. You all know where Tom Zasky's office is upstairs. It's two doors from Lynn Adcock's office. Go in there and take a look. George, would you say the room's 12 by 12, 14 by, if that big? Well, that was the original CUC classroom. And Sue Waite made the original draperies for that big window that overlooks Fellowship Hall. And I'll bet if we look long enough, we'd find those draperies still in use somewhere. But uh, another couple donated a, a, a wooden storage cabinet, a very nice one that is still in use 40 years later, right across the hall from here. Thank you for what you guys did. Uh, this, this class has a lot of history, and it was made by the people you see around you. Now, I'm going to ask, if you don't mind, those of you who have been members for 20 years, would you just stand 20 years and more? Look around. All right, those those who've been members 30 years, would you remain standing? How about that? Yeah, thank you. Now, those of you who have been, who joined five years ago or less, five years ago or less, would you stand? Wow. Surprised at you. By my count, there are 26 people who have joined CUC in the past five years. And I would simply say to you guys, the best is yet to come. Um, Ann and I joined in 1992. We had been members two or three weeks. Charlie Mason came up to us one morning before class, and he said, Would you and Ann like to be outreach chairman next year? I said, what What do they do? And he explained it. And I looked at Ann. She kind of looked at me. And I said, well, Charlie, we'll, we'll talk it over. When do you need to know? He said, I need to know right now. We're announcing officers this morning. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if Charlie comes up to you with a wider than normal grin, you may want to walk away. <laughs> but seriously, we uh, we did. We got involved very, very quickly. In fact, we were outreach chairman for two years. 
and it has been just a wonderful uh, experience. Don, I, let me say that when I first joined the class, we didn't have a nominating committee. We had a railroading committee. Well, <laughs> when Charlie asked if we would do it, I translated that to mean ain't nobody else going to do it. You're the newest guys. And that's the way we took it. Um, I'm, I'm going to read you something that I ran across a few days ago. I want you to think about this. Sunday school is a special time, a special time of study, fellowship, and it's important not only in our lives, but it's important to the life of the church. And I'm going to read some growth principles that I took off a website from the Baptist church. Here's what they said. The best size for teaching adults is 10 to 12 members. In order to have 10 or 12 members in attendance, you're going to need about 25 members in the class. And then they said, a class should not be bigger than 25 if you plan for it to grow. New classes grow faster than established classes. New classes tend to visit more people, reach more people, and witness to more people than those established classes. <clears throat> then it says, classes that have existed for two years have probably reached their maximum size. <laughs> so I'm glad you guys didn't run into this 40 years ago. We wouldn't be here. Now, <clears throat> just for a moment, I, I just want you to reflect on why did you join a Sunday school class? Not necessarily this one, but why did you join a Sunday school class. And when that question is asked, the most common answer is to study the Bible. And that's true. But let me tell you, a Sunday school class is responsible for so much more than reading the Bible. For example, Anne and I have enjoyed the fellowship, friendships, the joining of hands in our faith journeys. We've experienced love. We've learned. We feel a sense of community in this group. We have witnessed ministry when there are times of need. We feel this class shares a common sense of compassion and purpose. We have experienced powerful, powerful prayer right in this class. And i got to tell you, <clears throat> I feel this class is relevant. Now, let me tell you why I said that. If you think back a week ago, in Mike's sermon, he talked about a book that he had read called why Don't People Go to Church Anymore, I believe was the name of it. And he talked about the book, and it was summarized with four key points as to why people don't go to church anymore. I don't remember the first three, but I do remember the fourth. And I'll paraphrase, but it said something like, people don't go to church anymore because they don't feel that God is relevant in their lives. I believe everything we do in this class is relevant to each and every one. Without a question. We have fun. We have a lot of fun, not just on our uh, social activities. We have fun. We kid one another in here. In our My Covenant group, you don't even want to go in there because you're going to be made fun of about something. There's no question about that. But it... <laughs> not true. Um, we were serious. Yeah, um, I really believe that our lesson format contributes to the success of this class. We don't have a fixed format 
we talk about any, we probably talk about things we shouldn't be talking about, but we do it because we want to, we enjoy it, we learn from it, and we have people like Carol coming in to bring us a new message. You never know what's coming up next, and I think that's intriguing. A lot of classes don't do that. Um, one thing I got to mention, the highlight of this class to me are the retreats. And I don't know if you know it, but up until about 2000, I believe, the year 2000, we had two retreats a year. They started right after this class was formed, and I believe the very first one was held at the Mountain Valley Inn in Dillard. Is that close, Sue? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the rest of you don't know, so we'll just say it once. <laughs> uh, but we, we have been to places like the Mountain Valley Inn, Big Canoe, more than once, one time when the class was really small, they went up and rented two houses mm-hmm. and had, had the retreat. We've been to Callaway Gardens. We've been to Unicoi State Park. We've been to Amicalola State Park. We've been to Simpsonwood. I, I want to back up, though. In 1997, Unicoi State Park, um, that was the year that Tom Davis was our leader. Tom Davis, for those of you who don't know, was an associate minister here. And Tom was going to lead our retreat. Well... The retreat was in the fall, and during that summer, Tom was reassigned to his new church in Due West. So that following Sunday in class, we said, well, what are we going to do? We haven't got a leader, so we'll just cancel the retreat. And somebody said, no, it's the fall of the year. It's a leaf season. We've got reservations. Let's go. We don't need a leader. Well, George Wade and Tom Knight said, we'll lead that retreat. And, and they did. Now, there was one hooker because we always... We always celebrate. <laughs> that was short. <laughs> How come I got two red faces? <laughs> Poor choice of words. There was there was one hitch, to my knowledge, and uh, that that was we couldn't serve communion because we didn't have a minister. So Tom and George went to Mike Miller and presented our dilemma, and he said, that's not a problem. You can have a Moravian love feast, which looks like a communion, right, Malone? Very, very, very similar. So Tom and George served a Moravian love feast. Nobody knew the difference. And we had, we had a great retreat, thanks to those guys. Now, during this time, during this time, years of having retreats, something really significant happened in this, this class. Uh, nobody saw it coming, and it changed really the lives of everybody in here. And I'm talking about the advent of Mexican train. <laughs> Probably Martha and Gail were behind that. But after Mexican train came on the scene, the the uh, bridge tables grew in number, the foursomes on the fairways grew in numbers, and hiking and shopping, of course, continued because they were in the very first retreat. But that truly did change our behavior forever, I'm sure. <laughs> Anyhow, we went on, we were at Fieldstone Lodge, we were at the, and the Ridges, it's called the Ridges now. Well, we were in both places. The first was Fieldstone, and then it became Ridges, we've been there too. And George, you may remember, you and I planned one of the Fieldstone Lodges. We went up early to do our diligence, and we were checking in, and the lady said, oh, we should have called you. You know the room that you wanted for your session? We said, well, yeah. She said, well, we've got a wedding party, and they're using that room for the reception. And we said, oh. And we said, well, what else have you got? She said, nothing. 
Now, we had about 50 people en route to Hiawassee for this retreat, and George and I looked at one another. And somehow we ended going upstairs, George, and looking around in the lobby. Remember that? And we noticed that there was a corner in one particular area that was pretty wide. And we said, well, we could fit those chairs right there in that corner if they let us use the lobby. And that's what we did. We had a retreat right there in the lobby of the Fieldstone Lodge. And it was a terrific retreat. Uh, we went to the Evergreen Conference Center. That's a place over at Stone Mountain. We've been to... Um, the Gold Key Resort up in Dawsonville. I'll never forget that one. Bob and Sandy Calvert hosted that one. And if you, Bob was known as Buckhead Bob. You know, he, everything he did was truly, uh, proper. And I believe that was the first retreat where we broke the hundred dollar a night room rate. And since then, it's not been a problem at all, apparently. But anyhow, we had that, and Malone led that retreat, you and Charles. Uh, we, uh, we've been to Brasstown Valley Resort, uh, we've been to Chatoog Lodge, we've been to Banning Mills, and, oh, back to Brasstown Valley, I, I'll never forget this, uh, Dave Holling, another previous associate minister, was our leader, and I was in his foursome, we were playing, and I hit one of my usual shots that went way out of the fairway, under, don't laugh, Jack, you know it's true, out in, under the trees, under the pine straw, under the pine cones, Dave walked over and he said, Don Jesus couldn't hit that ball out of there. Pick him up. True story. True story. But anyhow, we uh, we went down to Banning Mills where Virginia and others uh, learned how to zip line. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, and then last, uh, the, our last retreat last fall was at Legacy Lodge at Lanier. And um, we don't like to publicize these retreats outside the class for you know, security reasons, but when the word got out that the foils and the zerks had planned it, uh, it got a lot of attention, and the word got over to Athens. And believe it or not, the first night, the entire Georgia football team showed up at Legacy Law. Anyhow, we've had such leaders as Charlotte Malone, Jim McCormick, Rusty Gordon, Alan Kennedy, David Holly. Uh, Dave Benson, for those newer people, these are all prior associate ministers. Uh, Frank Burnett, Dick Dunn, Mike Miller, Mabel Foster, uh, Burl Dinkins, and Evan Bergwall. Evan Bergwall was the teacher of this class for about 15 years. And boy, that's when this class just grew, really grew in size. And then um, Evan left and went to Pittsburgh, and slowly the attendance and the membership dropped. Um we even had a professor from Candler School of Theology, a friend of Rogers and Gales, Dr. Stephen Gunter, a professor of evangelism we had as a leader of one of our treats. Um, got to tell you something. Back in 1999, I ran across this, and when I told Ann, she didn't really believe it. But we were over at Stone Mountain, and there were 66 of us at that retreat, which was a pretty good-sized retreat. It was led by uh, Jim McCormick. And of those 66 people, 1999, 30 of them are no longer with us. Half of that group has moved on. They moved out of town. They moved to another church. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> moved out of town or changed classes, which, whichever. And if you bear with me, I'd like to quickly run through those names. I think it would bring back some memories. I had to do this to Anne before she would believe me. Uh, Ellen and Carol Bethel, Joe and Harriet Bowen, Roger and Elaine Estel, Don and Bobby Frank, Ron and Carolyn Hatcher, Bob and Laura Hayes, Ben and Betty Hornsby, Tom and Sandra Cancania, Ray and Janet Parkerson, Ralph and Julie Peckham, 
Ken and Sherry Sisk, John and Shirley Smith, Ben and Debbie Thornton, Charles and Susan Turner, and Ed and Lynn Wyatt. 30 people in 1999 who have gone their separate ways. Ironically, two of those couples planned that retreat, and they're gone. Now, the reason I mention that, life goes on, and it's important that we live every moment. And when these activities come up, when we have an opportunity to participate, I really encourage you to do it. Because every experience that we have in this class, I believe, plants the seeds of memories for the future. I remember years ago, when we were really, really small, our uh, Christmas dinner we held here in the church. Remember that, Martha Jane? Didn't need a room this size. We had another much smaller room. But do you all remember Ward Bremer? I know most of you, Bremer, where did that come from? Butler, thank you, Ward Butler. Uh, Ward, uh, for those of you who don't know, was a special guy. He was from, <laughs> he was from uh, Central Ohio, and he never let you forget that his his hometown is where they made Logan, Logan, say it again, Loggenberger Persons. I'm going to stick with Ward Bremer. I knew him better. Um, but Ward was a, a radio personality from years ago. And he was quite a performer. And I can picture him still leading us singing Christmas carols. And the women brought their covered dishes. And that was our Christmas dinner. And they were great. But those are the memories. Those are the memories that are being built every day in this class. Now I'm going to leave you with with a statistic. From 2005 until now, the average annual attendance in our worship service has declined by almost 9%. Mike talks about this all the time. From 2005 until now, the average annual attendance has dropped almost 9%. The average Sunday school attendance overall from that same period has dropped 14%. You know where this is leading up to. (laughs) CUC. In that same period of time, attendance has grown 16%. So we're doing something right. George and Sue and Ron and Pat, we thank you for giving us birth. Thank you.